This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, episode number four, Need More Coffee. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Diablo. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Shattered Soulstone is now found on Stitcher Radio. Go to stitcher.com slash soulstone. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R dot com slash soulstone, all one word. Register with the promo code soulstone to be entered to win a $100 prize, and you will automatically add Shattered Soulstone to your favorites when you install the app on your smartphone. That's stitcher.com slash soulstone. You have quite a treasure there in that Horodric cube. From the far reaches and burning depths of sanctuary comes Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo podcast. It's beginning to feel like some great evil is permeating the air around here. Now, your hosts, Nevik, Breja, and Jen. Stay a while and listen. Welcome to episode number four of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. It is Saturday, December 10th, and it is way too early, so I don't know who I am right now. Do either of you two know who I am? Oh wait, I'm, I'm Nevik, that, that's right. <laughs> I thought it was that Neil Diamond guy. Oh, yes, Neil Diamond, <laughs> that, that's who I am. <laughs> Good morning, Nev. Oh, it's been Good a long morning, week. Jen. How are you, Brasia? Oh, doing great, thanks. Been a long week as well, but uh, having lots of fun. Yeah, that's good. What what have you been up to? Oh, very little in Diablo, but outside of it, did um, decided to do tanking for the first time ever in raids and helped to get six out of eight in the uh, ten-man version of the Dragon Soul raid. Awesome. But then they said, oh, on the back of um, Deathwing's spine. Uh, maybe we can't have someone who's just done it for the first time. Why don't we have um, this other person who go back and do it, and you can go back on your, your priest DPS. I'm like, yay! <laughs> I was dancing last night. <laughs> but in Diablo, I've kind of been watching my son play the first act, and he got down to Andario and uh, helped to destroy her for the first time using an assassin in Diablo 2. And uh, it's just been fun to watch that and see yeah. see him getting all excited about all the loots and talking about, ooh, I'm going to have to go in Diablo 3 and play with you guys and yep. you know, help do cooperative events. Yeah, and Jen, I, I understand that you're not a morning person, so I'll, I'll touch upon this gently. How, how, did, how well did you sleep? <laughs> well, I always sleep good. It's the waking up part that's difficult, generally speaking. <laughs> and this is pretty early, so yeah. At least you have a fantastic husband who got you coffee. Yes, coffee is important. I think I have more coffee in my bloodstream than blood lately, so yes, coffee. Coffee is good. Yeah, caffeine is the only thing that's been keeping me going. Because once again, I have had one of one one of those weeks, you know, and sadly I don't think it's gonna let up at least for a couple months until my employers figure out, hey, maybe maybe we shouldn't have somebody driving over 1,400 miles in, in 52 hours and four days. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. But 
hey, you know, I'm here, I'm, I'm excited about Diablo, and, you know, I, I put in the show notes, and I should have touched upon this before, I, well, I'm touching upon it right now, so who, it doesn't matter, but um, <laughs> we're, we're four episodes in, and I haven't even mentioned who the two awesome people who did our intro for us, you know, it's like, what, what's wrong with me? But anyways, our intro was created by um, these, these two fantastic people, Epsana and Skolnick. And listeners may, may be really familiar with Skolnick from the War, Warcraft Less Traveled podcast that he does. And then Epsana, she does her own podcast, but it's, you know, it's police business. So who, who really wants to listen to that? Aww. <laughs> it's not a, it's not Aww, a gaming a podcast, do. but yeah, she's a podcaster. She just started up. Bet you all the crimes I commit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Absana, you're not listening to this right now. Either that or, you know, Brazo will be on the next show. <laughs> and you're doing what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And picked up for a shadowy figure. <laughs> and Brazo was alluding to something that I'm going to announce right now. Um, I, I don't recall exactly when or how I thought of this, but I was like, hey, this is a great idea. And my idea is that at least once a month, until Diablo... Well, I I should just say, at least once a month, we're going to sponsor a Diablo night, where um, you know, we'll we'll play on Battle.net. Obviously right now it'll be Diablo 2, and then after Diablo 3 comes out, then it'll be Diablo 3. But I have, uh, I've purchased a mumble server for the Shattered Soulstone, and that way, you know, we can have some people hop on with us, play with us, and, you know, see just how superior the sorceress is over the barbarian, so. So that sounds like a challenge right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, barbarian. Somebody's gonna come in and make a barbarian, you know? Yeah, and, and they'll be, they'll be disappointed when they don't kill anything, because I'll have already killed it. Ooh. <laughs> so it's going to be like that, is it? <laughs> I'm sure it will be. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, enough, enough dilly dallying. Let's let's get on to uh, let's get on to some emails. We actually got a substantial amount of e- well, I shouldn't say substantial, but we got a really good amount of emails this week. So yeah, it was really exciting. There was yeah. just they kept coming in. I was like, oh my god, people are hearing us. That's so cool. Well, actually, you know what? Before we go into emails because the emails are related to a particular topic that we should also bring up here in the opening of the show, and that is we are running a contest during this month of December, and hopefully you heard the little um, almost two-minute spiel that I did at the end of last week's show. Last week's? Episode three. I should just say episode three, because it wasn't last week. It was two weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah, and plus with podcasting, it's so time-shifted that someone could have just listened to it this morning, and someone could to it two weeks ago so episode three is what you're talking about yeah so it's it's a really simple contest we're giving away a a diablo 3 iphone 4 clip case and it's got femme diablo on it so that's pretty awesome it looks really cool it's just like the poster we were talking about in Mm -hmm. the uh, other episode yeah it's very cool yep it almost makes me wish that i had an iphone 4 instead of my android but that's fine and we're also giving away a Tyrael poster, which is awesome. Just awesome. And it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. It's as big as the Diablo poster, and it's very shiny because it's Tyrael. Yep. And we're also giving away a Diablo 15th anniversary uh, music collection. I, I 
misspoke and called it the Diablo 2 soundtrack. It's not the Diablo 2 soundtrack, because I, I'm pretty sure it has tracks from Diablo 1 on it, but, you know, it's kind of similar. It, it It's a music CD. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. It'll set the mood as you're doing other stuff, so yeah. that's kind of cool. And uh, entering the contest is really simple. All you need to do is either send in an email to the show, and, you know, just tell us about, you know, Diablo, your Diablo experience, or if you don't have any Diablo experience, what you're looking forward to in Diablo 3, you know, something like that. Just something Diablo-related, you know? And that's pretty much it. You have until December 20th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time, or as my uh, my my co-host from the Overlords calls it, the wrong coast. Because The wrong coast? He must not be from here. No, he's from Philly. but we're going to um, select three winners at random from everyone who submits something into the show oh and I'm sorry there's you can also comment on the the actual contest announcement uh, post on the on the um, blog which is at shatteredsoulstone.com and that will also get you into the entries or get you into the contest so but yeah, we'll select three random winners, and we'll try our best to accommodate who wants to win what, you know, as best as we can. But they're all awesome prizes anyway, so even if you don't get exactly what you want, you know, you're still getting something really cool. And you're still getting something that relates to Diablo, so I mm-hmm. can't beat that. And it's loot. Real-life loot. loot. Loot you can hold in your hands and show your friends. Yeah. Alright, so let's get on to emails now, Finally. So, Jen, do you want to read the first email from Gabriel? Yeah, I'll do that. Um, this one's from Gabriel. Is the very first one we got in, and I was so excited. I was just like, we have email! Look at this! And Gabriel writes, Hello, Nevik, Breja, and Jen. I'm a fan of many Dawnforge Productions podcasts, and was excited to hear you've started up a Diablo-based show. I can't wait to hear stories of epic drops, how the real money auction house ends up, and story development. Speaking of story, here's an idea for some podcasts. I haven't played Diablo 1 or 2 in so long that I've forgotten just about everything except The Butcher, defeating Diablo and brothers, Deckard Kane, Tyrael looking awesome, and someone shoving a shard into his forehead. <laughs> I'm sure there are others... <laughs> yeah, those are memorable. <laughs> he goes on to say, I'm sure there are others like me and those who are only now hearing about the Diablo franchise. Could you lay out the stories of the first two games, including expansions? Depending on how detailed you want to be, this could span a couple of episodes and be a great way to build up to the release of Diablo 3. D1 was the first graphical fantasy multiplayer game I'd played, having only played text-based MUDs in my earlier years of college. It really got me hooked on co-op games. I enjoyed both the Rogue and the Mage. On the Mage, I vividly remember summoning an endless supply of fireball-spitting dragon heads. Mm, I'd make a tunnel of them... Yeah, he says, um, here we are. I'd make a tunnel of them leading up to a door, open the door, and run like mad while enemies poured out of the room and into that fiery gauntlet of death. I played a Boazon in D2 because I enjoyed all the various arrows, but also had fun with the barbarians jumping and the paladin's crazy thorns aura. I'm really looking forward to the Witch Doctor in D3 just because he summons killer frogs. I've watched Crendor's videos on YouTube playing the monk, and while it looks like fun, I think I'll try the Barbarian second. Aww. No matter what class I end up... Aww, you know someone's going to play it, you know? 
Um, he finishes with, but no matter what class I end up playing most, I can't wait to team up with friends over Battle.net. Thanks for reading this, and sorry for the wall of text. Gabriel. Wall of text does not crit us because we like walls of text. Walls of text are good. Yes. It was very exciting. I like the idea, and I know what he's saying with, um, how he's forgotten most of Diablo 1, because honestly I did too until I started playing it again. Yeah. And then it all came back. So, yeah, I, we could go into some of that, potentially. That would require some extra preparation on my part, and, you know, looking up the lore and stuff like that. It, it will happen. I guarantee it will happen. Just not not this episode, for sure. <laughs> no, not this episode, but, um, yeah, it'd be cool to... No, it'd be great to for things to look forward to in the future episodes. Yes. You know, maybe even split it up a little bit. Yeah. Each expansion uh, or each part of Diablo release has its own story, and we just kind of go through those because I'm looking and seeing an awful lot of people, even kids who weren't even around at the original um, Diablo release. Oh, wow, that's strange. Who are alive to think now. About. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Talk about feeling old. Holy cow. Who would just love to at least hear the story and, and how it happened and why. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's stuff we can go into pretty easily. I mean, I started pl- replaying Diablo one again before I we changed a lot of uh, we upgraded our computers over here and, and everything's kind of gone weird since. But um, I only got a little bit into it. But there's enough of the lore in there that we could we could touch on that. Yeah. There's enough content for many many episodes if we decided to just dig into the lore for shows. Well, I think. Another thing that Gabriel pointed out was an experience that seems to resonate with a lot of players when they come into the Diablo game, and that's the fact that they can take a specific class and tweak it in the ways that they love to do. Like I remember, Nevik, you've been talking about doing the um, Charge Boltress, mm-hmm. but even with this, it's just the same class, a Sorceress, only this time using um, all of the Hydra yep. to basically just burn down every boss as it, or enemy as it runs yep. out. And we'll see coming up even other players that you play different ways and it's just fun and the best part about it is an engaging environment with um that you can have playing with friends and i just realized something uh gabriel used the term boazon and for for my co-host of the overlords who doesn't understand diablo terminology at all a boazon is a bow using amazon that's why we call it a boazon and a javazon would be a javelin using Amazon. Because they had specific talent trees that were either um, bow-related or javelin-related. Yeah, I, I love... I, I just love the ability to do those crazy off-the-wall builds, you know? Charge Boltress was my absolute favorite. Um, there, there was that one bug when you could equip the piercing... or equip a bow with piercing on it, and then your AoE spells would pierce through enemies and trigger the AoE effect every single time it passed through an enemy. That was a lot of fun, too. Also, the singing barb, and, you know, you had your hammered in, which is a hammer using paladin, you know. What was that actual spell called? Uh, the hammer that's um, spun out around the, the paladin, but, you know, would get the arc or radius of it would get bigger and bigger as it, as it moved. I'm trying to remember what that spell was called. I honestly never played the Paladin very much. Yeah. 
I don't think I played too much of D2. I don't have memories of it. Like Gabriel was talking about not having really memories of uh, Diablo 1. I, yeah, Diablo 2 is going to be somewhat new to me, so that should be interesting as we start playing together and, yeah, you can watch me go, what? Wait, hmm? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember um, playing the Druid, you could do a werewolf build where, it, you know, basically it's like a cleave, like, like a warrior cleave where you just go in and you literally just, you know, could gather up mobs and just kind of spray them all down as quickly as possible mm-hmm. uh, just by cleaving them. And it was really, it was fun. You know, it's kind of like a, a, it was almost like a tank, but with lots more DPS type of uh, build. I never actually tried the Druid at all back back in the Diablo 2 days. Never tried it. I tried uh, it in Assassin. Wasn't really into it, which is kind of funny how I really love rogues and wow. And st- <laughs> but yeah. Oh, and um, I think I forgot to mention that uh, people can pay attention to our Twitter feed for when we will be doing those uh, Diablo game nights. I, I think I forgot to mention that, and that that'll have information on how to connect to our uh, Mumble server and everything. So oh, at showed Shattered Soulstone. Yes, or. Er- at no shattered at stone. Shattered stone. Yeah, shattered stone. Oh, shattered stone. Yeah, because otherwise it'd be too long, and you'll only get so many characters on Twitter and all that. So yeah, yeah. So that yeah, that'll be a good way to find out when we're uh, ready to start with that. Mm-hmm. And Bracia, you want to read the next one from Smokemus? Absolutely. Uh, from Smokemus, uh, Nevik, Jen, and Bracia. I just wanted to write in and let you know that I am enjoying your podcast immensely. I've not played any of the previous Diablo games, but I'm looking forward to playing Diablo 3. I don't know exactly what piqued my interest in the game, but I'm anticipating getting into it more than I can remember for any other game that I've played. Started gaming pre-Atari 2600. I am that old. I understand. Uh, I think we're all that old, actually, (laughs) so that's that's okay. (laughs) Well, he goes on to say, I've been so anxious to get into the Diablo universe that I've read the Sin War trilogy and Kingdom of Shadow. Yeah, Kingdom of Shadow. They aren't the greatest work. Really good book, Kingdom of Shadow. I gotta reread that one. I'm working on Sin War right now for the second time. Yeah, the books are good. I like them. He says that um, they aren't the greatest works of literature ever, but they are well-written and engaging. Um, they do what they're supposed to do, which is give you a feel for the setting and the reason for what is happening in the world. Uh, please keep up the great work and have fun. Smokemus, Mac. Well, thanks for writing in there, Smokemus. I appreciate it, and uh, I know everybody here does as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, Diablo 3, taking a look at it, even though it was released, uh, its release has been pushed back a bit, I feel that Diablo 3 is coming in at the right time with games like Skyrim and other fantasy-based games that are really beginning to gain popularity in the gaming community, um, an action game like Diablo 3 hitting early next year probably about the right time for it to hit the market. Yeah. And um, yeah. I think there's such a difference between the time, similar to like how StarCraft or StarCraft 2 had about a 10-year period. I think between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3, 10 to 11-year period seems to be great because in the long term, I know people who followed Diablo forever haven't felt that way but for a lot of new players and a lot of people returning to the game they're going to have a chance to experience this great world that they either know very little about or really can get engaged in it has been too long in my opinion for 
since, you know, I think we all expected Diablo 3 to come out maybe, I don't know, eight years ago? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm just, I'm thankful that it's almost here. By almost, I mean, man, I really hope that it comes out by quarter two of next year. <laughs> oh, Diablo. Oh, Diablo. Oh, Blizzard, you, you, you polishers of, of your work. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm really thankful that they did not release it this quarter, you know, because there's just, there's so many games out right now, you know, it's just, there, it would have gotten lost in, in the mix, you know? Yeah, there's too many right now, especially right before Christmas when everybody's like buying, you know, whatever the hot new game is for whoever in their life plays video games. It would have been kind of sort of in the mix, you know? Yeah. Like, families might buy the gamer and their their family, you know, one of these games, but they're not probably going to buy two. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Diablo would get better traction, I guess, you know, later on. Yeah. That gives them a chance to polish the game even more. That's good, too, yeah. The only thing about it coming out, well, it, hopefully it doesn't come out in February, because I'm kind of sort of reserving February for the uh, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, because that game looks amazing. I can't wait for that game. But uh, let 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 me stop. You know, sidetracking the show. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to touch on the books that he was mentioning a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, Sinwar. I'm in the second book. I'm about halfway through it. You absolutely have to read the first book first. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, you know, oh, yeah. to really get all the nuances in there. Um, I'll be reading these as we go on because I have almost all of them um, and putting up little reviews onto the uh, the page the podcast page yeah it's it's early um, <laughs> but yeah I agree that um, you know with what he was saying with the books do what they're supposed to do they really do give you a feel of the game and um, there's a, a part of the Sinwar trilogy in, in book two where it really feels like you're sort of crawling through the dungeon in the Diablo one game so I, I agree with his statements there I just wanted to uh, mention that. I like the books. I like Richard Knack. I like his writing style. Sometimes he can be a little overly descriptive, but that's never that's never a bad thing, usually. Oh, no. Help to paint a good picture. Yeah, you know, and I mean, there's overly descriptive, and then there's, like, Tolkien overly descriptive, you know? <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yeah, that was... Uh, I've read Tolkien, I like Tolkien, but as someone who's dyslexic, with all those made-up words and then, like, the descriptions of every little petal on every flower in the field as they go by, um, that can be overkill, and I don't feel like the Diablo books do that. No. And I'm going to tackle the wall of text from Amatos. Sup, folks. I caught your podcast the other day, and I thought I would drop a line. First, I'm glad to see another podcast dedicated to, to oh man, to Diablo. <laughs> it's early, and I'm a morning person. Why am I having trouble reading? <laughs> but anyways, Amatos continues. Ever since the beta started, Flux and Ellie have been doing uh, have been doing. Uh, what does that say? DOA. Do have been DOA. Concern. Well, they, they've been doing a podcast. Um, in re- in what is that? I'm not sure. It's early. I'm confused easily. Flux and early. Ellie have been DOA concerning their podcast. They were doing like two a week, and I couldn't get enough Diablo 3 talk, but they have dropped off production considerably. Suffice to say, I'm super psyched to have another podcast option. 
As am I. I'm super psyched that you're psyched. So, yes. That makes us happy. Yeah, there's... That's always good. There's not enough Diablo podcasts out there, really. So, you know, if you if you want to start a Diablo podcast, do it. We'll, we'll, we'll pimp it. But anyways... We will. We'll have you on the show maybe sometime. Oh yeah, you know? we'll definitely have you on the show too. Anyways, Amatos continues. I remember Diablo coming out much earlier than New Year's 1996. As, as a matter of fact, it actually came out... I, I have it. I have the came out December thirty first, nineteen ninety six. So he meant New Year's of nineteen ninety seven. But that is what the wiki says. So I guess I'm gonna have to go with that. I could have sworn it came out, if not a year or two earlier, then most certainly by Christmas of that year. Needless to say, I was glued to the computer well into the new year. Looking back, I feel bad about it, since my parents gave it gave it to me as a gift and I just hoarded the oh actually I think he meant that he um his parents gave it to somebody related to him and they gave it that present to that person as a gift but then Amatos just hoarded the computer and the dial up phone lying in the house oh dial up oh that's just <laughs> painful <laughs> I remember that but man <laughs> um, fast forward today I'm not sure if he's talking about himself in the third person. I'm gonna go with that. Um, where I don't play games at all. And, wait, and uh, I think he's talking. Yeah, his maybe he's talking about a brother. Yeah, yeah, it's gotta be. Where where his brother doesn't play games at all, but Amatos is a 37 year old hardcore gamer. Go figure. I'm with you, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a hardcore, or I'm a casually hardcore gamer. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, no, talk about thirty-seven-year-old gamer. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think wow, like is there's many of us that are about the same age here, you know, writing in and and on the show and remembering the game from when it came out. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, not a problem at all. It, it's it's actually it makes sense because when the game came mm-hmm. out, you know, a lot of us were, you know, in that college age. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and computers were just starting to get into the gaming business. At least, yeah, computers are. Before that, it was very simple, basic games. You know, like they're talking about the Atari 2600 consoles were really the way to go for gaming. So he continues on, I was introduced to Diablo 2 in the summer of 2000, and I was hooked immediately. At the time, I was living in a dorm setting, and I didn't have access to a computer whenever I wanted to play. But there were plenty of other Diablo 2 enthusiasts around that shared the same plight which in a way abated my torment. I played the Amazon, but quickly dropped that hot mess <laughs> really? oh my. for my true avatar, the Necromancer. I was a summoner, but not of frail skellies or lumbering golems. No, I went for the big guns. I was a revived master, using strong enemies to wipe the map clean of opponents made me unstoppable. You know, I never really did play the uh, revive style necromancer oh it was fun at very high levels I'll have to give that a go possibly but anyways by the end of Lord of Destruction I think I had upwards of 30 revived skill points spank a little skeleton mastery and a summon resist on those bad boys and there was nothing in my way I would go I would go to the cow level there is no cow level there is no (laughs) cow level and revive a ton of minions (laughs) Then jump over to Diablo and slay him with... Oh, 
<laughs> without having to lift a finger. That mm. is an, <laughs> that is an awesome thought. <laughs> Diablo being slain <laughs> by uh, by an army of cows. That Amatos, I tip my hat to you. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's imagine the screen. Moo, 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 moo. <laughs> Diablo dies. From a stampede, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> then came the mods. Well, actually, only one mod. I think I was like level 70 or so, and we downloaded this crazy mod that was supposed to change the look of the monsters and, and introduce different items. Even make the cube fit into one square, and so on and so forth. So I load up my necromancer. And the very first hit of the very first creature on normal mode, right outside of the camp, killed it and immediately leveled me up like 12 levels. Well, that sounds like a <laughs> not, wow. not so much fun mod there, but anyways. That's, yeah. Oh. Wow, that's a little overpowered. Yeah. I almost croaked right there. I couldn't go back to vanilla, vanilla Diablo 2 anymore. <laughs> wow, vanilla Diablo. Vanilla Diablo 2, okay. That's a new one. Yeah. Yep. Them were the good old days, and if I'm correct, I thought Nevik said he never played mods. How depressing. That's right, I did not play in the mod community. Sorry, I played on Battle.net, so I couldn't play with mods. But people did, I remember that. Yeah, Brisha, yeah. Yeah, you, you you were big into the mod scene. Not a lot of... I played around with different ones, because I was always interested in how they took... Uh, or people could take a game and change it. And that's what ended up getting me into MMOs, was the fact that it was always a changing style game. But um, with Diablo 2, I, like, I just stumbled upon one or two and said, oh, I tried it, and it's like little tweaks here and there. And then there was one called Zyel, which was to me was fantastic. He had several different versions. And the final one that I ended up playing um, for a couple of years basically took items and even more randomized it uh, had the Haraja cube as like a, a one slot in your bag, but uh, actually increased the size of your bag. The Haraja cube itself was like three times, four times bigger than it was um, in the actual game, and you could combine a whole bunch of things. You have things like you pick up little fruit on the ground, you could combine them to turn them into different types of potions, and then he even expanded the, the rune words. Um, he also created these neat little things where you pick up a set of scrolls, you combine all the scrolls and it would be, create this huge uh, charm that you'd have in your bag, similar like to all the other charms, only instead of um, looking like some sort of Diablo picture, it would actually be a picture, like a poster that would be of different characters. Like there'd be one, I had one of Eeyore, one of <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, um, there was one I remembered of Carmen Electra. Um, oh my goodness. You know, it's just like, it's just random pictures, but I mean, the stats on these things were just phenomenal, and it's just, the fact that it just made you grind more and more for something different, and it was like no level cap, no skill cap, so I mean, I think I had like a 250 level character at one oh my point, goodness. which is oh, ridiculous, wow. Yeah, but it was fun, that was the point of having mods, was to change the game from its original state, and now I, I know exactly what Amity's, um, sorry. Amatus uh, was talking about because it was just fun. I'll trade my piglet charm for your for your Christopher Robin charm. <laughs> oh, I can imagine Disney getting into that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little. So he he does have a little bit left to say. Now to Diablo three and WTF, dude? No necromancer? 
and in his place, a witch doctor for my least favorite act in Diablo 2. What a chip! Worst of all, he only has three minions. I know that later I will be able to summon more thingies, but still, I'm not going to ever see the numbers like I did in Diablo 2. Oh well, witch doctor is going to have to do. I'm a purist when it comes to Diablo. I play one type for the duration of the game. However, with the introduction of the real money auction house, I might have to play. And that was from Smokemus or Amatos. I'm sorry. There you go. I'm. <laughs> it's early. Yes, I, it's too <laughs> it's early. early. But uh-huh. Amatos, I, wizard, just just go with the wizard. Why why would you want to play anything else? Ah. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. The wizard. Yeah. There's there's no doubt that you've got a little bit of a preference there. <laughs> no, no. None at all. I kind of bummed not hearing that there would be a necromancer style class, but it seems like to me the witch doctor it's just kind of the next evolution of the heroes that you have mm-hmm. available in Diablo universe. And you know, I've I've kind of come to accept that it's going to be something different, but I think it's part of it is they wanted to experiment with something a little different, but still bring something else from Diablo 2 that you might have encountered like you were talking about, you go in the whole Kurust area of Diablo 3 and you would have you know, meet, met up with like Witch Doctor type um, characters and you know the fact that you can do that you know, you, it's more of um, I think they also wanted to make sure that there was a balance to the game that you weren't you know, creating such lag issues supposedly with um having hundreds of skeletons available or being able to raise, you know, any kind of creature and just have them pummel everything to death. Yeah. You know, they kind of, I think, trying to limit it, and that's why they brought the witch doctor in. Yeah, actually, to speak to that point in particular, I was um, the uh, Worldstone Keep when the beta first came out and all of them, those lucky those lucky buggers, uh, got into the beta. I, I forget which host. His computer, you know, is is lagging behind the times, kind of like mine is. And um, the main host... God, I can't remember their names right now. I I apologize if any of the guys from the Worldstone Keep are listening to this. But um, their their feed has been broken in iTunes, so (laughs) I haven't been able to listen to them in a while. But um, the the main host, he was always playing the Witch Doctor, and any time he would summon anything, it would just kill the frame rate on one of the other host's games. So it's... Yeah, I think I think that's why they had to limit the Witch Doctor because Diablo Three is a pretty hef- hefty game in terms of what it's mm-hmm. pumping out. So, yeah, I, I don't think they would be able to, you know, do the whole um, leg up, the lag omancer again. <laughs> yeah. See, I think that's what's what stopped me from playing Diablo Two was that my computer at the time was old for the time even and I think the lag rate with dial up and all that was just more than could be played you know and then if you had a necromancer with like 40 skeletons you know I know the screen would just die yeah you'd get like a frame every 10 seconds and Mm -hmm. you'd be dead so yeah don't even try it on a laptop back then oh god (laughs) (laughs) I can't even imagine that I dug one out that I had from back when I was uh, teaching. I had a laptop, and I put the game on there, and as soon as I got to, like, six skeleton, 
the entire screen would just look like I was photoshopping, you know, just like one photo every ten seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, forget it, can't play it on this game, this computer anymore. But Amatos, you you can take solace in the fact that there's no paladin equivalent in Diablo 3, so we can all mock the paladin players. Ha ha. <laughs> We're getting a comment. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get some emails, you know. That's fine. You know, the paladin's just a step above the barbarian. It's just a civilized barbarian, in my opinion. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> let, let's, let us ignore the fact that I played a paladin as my first character in Diablo 2. Oh, there we go. Love lost there, right? Yeah. I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, I hate this class so much. And then played the sorceress, and I was like, there we go. I know what my true calling was. Zapping stuff with electricity. Everyone's going to have fun with Diablo 3 trying out different, different characters and builds until they're like, oh, there's the one I found. Mm-hmm. That's the one that's going to be me. Yeah. That's what I want to see with the uh, Demon Hunter, if it reminds me, if the play style reminds me of like the original game with the... Um... Yeah, it's really... <laughs> the character with the bow, what was that? Amazon, the bow was on. Oh, the rogue. The rogue, that's it. The oh, D- the rogue, Diablo yeah, one. Diablo Yeah, because yes, yes, yes. I loved that. I loved the play style. I loved, you know, shooting things from across the room and all that. And the arrow's not running out. And I think the Demon Hunter might be reminiscent of that, I'm hoping. It would be so kind of a mix, yeah. A mix of yeah. the bow is on and the assassin, for sure, from Diablo 2, with the whole trap mechanic. Yeah, it should be fun. One more thing I want to mention before we move on. Amatu's uh, brought up uh, some of the other Diablo podcasts, um, like from Flux and Ellie to DiabloPodcast.com. And if you're looking for information and um, specific Diablo 3 news, that is one great place to go and listen. For whatever reason, they haven't produced as much as they did in the past. It might be kind of, you know, holiday seasons, those kind of things, whatever it might be. But uh, th- they do have great specific information about the game itself um, and they, their website is constantly updated as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that was mentioned by Amateurs is the fact of the Revive Master and uh, just in case anybody you know, was kind of wondering what that was was basically it was a ne- necromancer that was able to take a slain monster other than uh, a boss or a mini boss basically revive them for a three minute period to fight for them and at higher levels like he's talking like uh, close to 30 points, they could do, you know, he could get about 30 of them to do that. And that's why he was able to get all those cows from the cow level, one of the strongest non-boss mod um, monsters in the game. And by putting a few extra points in uh, skills like skeleton mastery and summon resist, these creatures would be pretty much unkillable for three minutes. And that's why he was able to swarm on, you know, even a boss like Diablo and able to kill them down quickly. And it's fun. It was fun to be kind of like almost god mode. Yeah, that, that does sound like a pretty fun fun playstyle. And thank you, Brazia, for, for explaining what a revive Necromancer was, because I, I never actually played much of the Necromancer at all, so I didn't know at all. We have one email left. Brazia, you want to tackle the one from Steve? Steve writes in, Hi, guys. Loving the show and playing WoW since vanilla, so I have the usual 10 tunes up on up to level 80 and beyond, and still loving the game, but looking forward to cutting my time between Diablo 3 and WoW, even playing Ultima 2 through 8. Um, I think Ultima 8 might even have been the precursor to Diablo 1. Anyway, so much speculation at the moment. I can't wait to see how it pans out. Already locked into WoW Annual Path, 
So the wait is on. Checking uh, account, hoping beyond hope for a beta, as we are. Mm -hmm. at as least. we are. <laughs> I'm checking right now. F4, F4, <laughs> nope. F4, uh. nope. F4, nope. Steve said that uh, at least Skyrim, helping uh, him with some of his cravings, which I hear is a fantastic game. If, uh, if, you, have, if you have some time to kill, which most of us don't, <laughs> <laughs> go for it. I've just heard great things about it. He also says uh, he kept away from too much gameplay trailers and game forums so he doesn't want to spoil Diablo 3 for himself. A few things that he's hoping for in Diablo 3. Uh, first is the rare spawn, a random mob that generates the battle... Uh, that's generated on the battle.net battle side and sent indiscriminately to an account so that way it's truly unique to that specific account um, for fighting a rare mob. Also, he says that he's looking at um, holiday events mm. and says darkly inspired, for example, a Wicker Man event that you have to save a captured townsfolk and if it's unsuccessful, the event cannot be reloaded and a mission remains failed for all to see. <laughs> that sounds pretty hardcore right there. It's, that would be like maybe oh, yeah. in the upper like levels, the you know? <laughs> the hardcore levels. Maybe he wants to try the hardcore live-off-the-land play style. Oh, maybe. And then third, Steve says uh, he'd like to see ethic choices. Um, he'd like to see some ethical choices pop up in the game. For example, if he remembers back to Ultima 4, a child stopped you from finishing the game and you had to kill him to win it, or um, if you did kill him, you felt the loss. It was most disturbing. Anyways, he's loving the show. Keep it, guys, keep it going. Must be hard reviewing a game under so much wraps. Apologies for the spelling and grammar and punctuation. All the best, Steve. That's fine, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, wow. Steve, for the email. We, we will do our best to read whatever anybody sends us. You know, sometimes... Just our reading comprehension, for example, mine, might suck <laughs> a little bit, but, you know, we will get through it. I swear it. Yeah, no, I'm just glad for uh, any kind of conversation that we mm -hmm. have, whether, you know, you can see even I stumble on things half, most of the time, so we're having uh, just a great time talking about a game we love, mm -hmm. and so it doesn't matter the format, you know, we'll, we'll talk about yeah. it. You send it in, we'll read it. We'll read it. We'll do our best. As long as it's not laden with profanities. Then yeah, we can't do that on the on the show. No. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna keep a clean tag, or at least we're gonna do our best to keep a clean tag. Yeah, that's but... not always easy. Half the shows I do are not clean, <laughs> so <laughs> um, it's oh, early. On, so yeah, I'm trying to uh, watch yeah. what I say before I say it. Ultima 8 as a precursor to Diablo. You know, I never really played the Ultima series. I mean, th but I can't imagine that the two... I mean, I, I know a lot of the Blizzard developers probably were huge into Ultima and really like Mr. Um, Richard Garriott, Lord British himself, but I, I just, I don't think, I don't know. Bridget, did you ever play Ultima? Uh, unfortunately, no, I never yeah, did. So I don't have a frame of reference. I kind of, I kind of think I know what he's talking about. I didn't play it, but one of my brothers did, and he used to uh, show me a lot about the game. Uh, he was trying to get me to play it, but at the time, I, I didn't have the time to do it. But I think maybe what he means is like the point of view with Diablo mm. One. You're kind of like above yes. it and looking down, 
at your yeah. character. At, at, and least, at least in Ultima Online, way. for sure. Right. Had that yeah, same was... isometric camera perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It wasn't like, um, you know, one-on-one, you know, shooter type viewpoint, mm-hmm. which some games were at that time, um, you know, like Doom and all that. <laughs> but um, Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Um, so I think maybe that's what he means, just sort of the the camera angle sort of point of view yeah. might be. You know, they're similar. Yeah, they're definitely similar, Yeah, at least in that aspect. I mean, I played Ultima Online for all of three days until I got ganked outside of town and lost everything. I was like, all right, that's it. I'm oh, done with no. this game. Oh, so. no. Yeah. Some of the early games... You, that could happen real easy. Like, I used to play Meridian 59, and that could happen. You would die. By the time you made it back from your corpse run, your uh, body would have been picked clean of any and all loot. So, yep. But to address some of Steve's other points, uh, the rare spawn idea, I mean, that's always sort sort of been a part of um, the Diablo universe. I mean, not to the extent that I think he's... Um, suggesting here, you know, like, a truly unique rare spawn for a Battle.net account, I doubt that Blizzard would actually do something that similar. Or At least that not level. yet, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe further on, but to start off, I think they've got enough try- that they're trying to figure out without making it so specific. Yeah, I think they have plans for having, like, rare mobs, kind of... In a way that you see how in WoW, there's every once in a while a rare mob that just appears somewhere, mm-hmm. and you get a, you know, part of your achievement for killing that. I think they plan on doing things like that, but I don't think something specific to individual Battle.net. Yeah. There are the random spawns, you know, the the mini bosses that that will spawn with random attributes tossed onto them. Hopefully, never lightning enchanted and Iron Maiden enchanted at the same time, or lightning immune. Oh. Bane, the bane of my charged Boltress existence. But <laughs> they do the random spawns, and most of the levels are randomly generated. I, that's just that's always been the way that Diablo has been: is that all of the dungeons and stuff have been randomly generated. Uh, it won't be everything won't be randomized because they'll have certain set pieces. You know, like you'll always have like the same you know like sub areas, or sometimes maybe those sub areas won't spawn, but it's it's basically what they're doing in Diablo 3. They'll have they'll have these different set pieces that will randomly spawn into the areas that you walk into. So you might actually experience something completely different than the next time you go through the same area in a different game. So that I th- I think that will definitely satisfy his his craving for, you know, rare a rare spawn. So what do you two think about holiday events? I never really thought about that in a, in a Diablo game. I think, you know, holiday events are fun in an MMO setting. I'm not sure there'd be as much fun in an action role-playing setting, which is what Diablo is. And I'm not sure how you tie it in. Like, the stuff in World of Warcraft is loosely inspired by the current holiday in the real world. Right. Mm -hmm. Not sure how you tie it in with Diablo. The only thing I can think of is maybe, you know, for example... Uh, the people of Sanctuary, you know, celebrate the day that Tyrael came down to, you know, throw the sword at the Soul Stone or something like that. Um, oh, like Diablo. But, like, I mean, it has to really be tied into the... Instead of, like, real world. That could work. Yeah. Could work. 
But I could imagine Tyrael um, coming down with a sleigh led by reindeer. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> On his oh. mount with wings, just like him. If there if there is Christmas stuff in Diablo, I'm going to be so depressed, honestly. <laughs> and Rudolph's nose wouldn't be a glowing red nose. It'd be a glowing red shard shoved into his into his snout. <laughs> <laughs> Or or Diablo Diablo dropping a Santa cap. Oh, that would be awesome. You awesome. <laughs> <laughs> run around with a Santa cap on your uh, barbarian. Oh that would be just amazing. Cleaning everything. It'd be amazing. <laughs> but I think the uh, designers would have a hard time selling that kind of a concept to Diablo fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I, mean, I said, right I, now, I, could I you imagine don't want Easter Christmas in my Diablo game? You know, I just don't want Christmas in there. It's already pastel allowed. colors. Eggs. Oh, Go egg hunting. Yeah. yeah, there are people right now that are complaining. They think that Diablo 3 is too WoW-like. Yeah. And, you know, the color and schemes and I things. I don't think and... so. I think the color palette is darker. I agree. Well, it totally I, is. I agree with that assessment. But yeah, I mean, it, it's not supposed to be a fun world. Diablo is not, you know, it, it's supposed to be dark and dangerous and, uh, you know, even somewhat depressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got all those qualities. Because you, you have your heroes turning into Diablos, so, you know. Huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past them to put something in at some point. Not Probably not at release. I, then again, we don't know much beyond Act 1. Mm-hmm. They've really done a great job of keeping that quiet. Yeah, that they have. That's true. But, oh, man, could you just imagine running around in, in, in Inferno and... Especially like during Easter time, and you see bunnies and chocolates and oh, rainbows no. and pastel colors. And... <laughs> oh, oh, that's oh my! Yeah, I, I don't want to see that in Diablo. I don't mind it in World of Warcraft so much. You know, I'm okay with that, but yeah, uh, not in Diablo. Yeah, and then his his uh wanting to see like some ethical based decisions in the gameplay. Obviously, we we don't know what what's in this what's in the plot, you know. So there could be some ethical choices. I I truly doubt that they would be ethical choices that would alter the course of the game because you know Diablo three is more or less going to be a very linear experience except for those random set pieces that get put in there. So I mean, this pl- the plot line overall is going to be the same every game that you play. There'll just be some different nuances. So I don't know. There, there might be some ethical choices. I, I think kind of one of the things you see is like, for example, like um, Star Wars coming out, you can do light side, dark side, yeah. and those kind of decisions... Don't get me started that on that. Have. Yeah, I know. But those decisions actually physically change the face of your character. Mm-hmm. But I think you know, with an action role-playing game like Diablo, they're not going to do something like that as far as they, they don't want to spend that extra... You know, it's not part of their game style or design to make your characters look unique. That's why all of the characters pretty much look the same. The, the unique part is the action that they do, and the gear. Um, how you change your spell, their gear. That's the unique part, but the actual physical look of the character is supposed to remain constant. Yeah, oh man, I can't wait to see what the what um, some of the, the armor sets that they're going to come out with You know, in the, in the updates and stuff, because the Inferno uh, Wizard armor set, oh my god, it's so cool. So very cool. But I wouldn't put it past them to design something where 
uh, you know how like you have your standard and you know the in the stuff around you when you first log in and also appears in the game that allows you to kind of like your uh, teleportation hearthstone so to speak in Diablo 3 I wouldn't be surprised if they did something where you could you know if you do a certain quest and complete it or you do something and it fails something on there changes so that that's how it's unique modifiers mm -hmm. which would be kind of neat to put into the game I'm just not sure if that's something that's in their plans oh that does remind me um, the since since we kind of tangented onto the um, the customization, um, you do have the tabard, which acts as the teleportation teleportation device to wherever you know if somebody joins your game and they want to join you out in the field, all they have to do is click on your tabard and it will teleport them to where you are. But that tabard can be customized or will change as you achieve things throughout the game. So. Right, based on what you've accomplished or what you've done or that sort of thing, you'll be able to look at it and see, you know, who's yeah. done more than who, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna, you're yeah, your banner gets bigger as you get into the more difficult mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so all those poor barbarians out there, their their tabards are going to be so plain. Uh -huh. so plain. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, <laughs> I, I think you may be inspiring people to play the Barbarian just to be like, nah, look how cool this is. Yeah, and then I'll smash their face in in PvP. So, Well, actually, I shouldn't say smash. I'll zap their face in with electricity. Oh. Well, no, you know, when we all start playing together out. and including people, you can kind of find out if that'll happen or, or what'll happen exactly. To be honest, I'm sure I'll be on the receiving end of a lot of Barbarian beatdowns, but that's okay. Because, you know, a little bit of healthy, you know, um, give and take is, is fun. So Rivalry. So that, that concludes our, our wall. Wall? Is it a, really a wall? <laughs> our wall of emails for the show. And yes. thank you for spray painting on our wall. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That, that was amazing. Please add more. Yes. Yeah. That was really cool. The emails just kept coming in every time I saw them. I'm like, oh, my God, we got an email. Yeah. I'm so happy. Yeah, keep them so coming, exciting. guys and ladies. Yeah, so let's move on to a little bit of Diablo news. Um, the first thing that I wanted to touch upon, although, you know, with the timely, the timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly um, aspects of doing a podcast, uh, obviously by the time our listeners are finally listening to this, the Diablo 3 um, world premiere cinematic will have already... Cinematic world premiere? Yes, that's how I meant to say it. That's yeah, it. will be um, will be <laughs> everywhere for you to see, and that's happening tonight on uh, the oh boy, the Spike Game um, Spike TV's Video Game Award Show. Blah. Mm -hmm. But um, I I only say blab because oh my goodness, have you seen all the categories for for their Video Game Award Show? I don't think I'm even aware of it. I don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah, I don't so. get Spike TV, so I won't be watching it. But, you know, that's that's where um, Diablo fans and MMO Champion will certainly come through for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like you just said, it'll be all over the place. It'll be online. It'll be easy to, to find later on. But, yeah, if uh, I'm sure there's going to be some Diablo fans that are, like, waiting to tune into this just to see it as it first rolls yeah. out. What's kind of related to this is that, um, you know, that Black Soulstone cinematic... That's probably actually a between-act in-game... Well, I shouldn't, shouldn't say in-game as if it's using in-game assets, but, um, you know, a between-act cinematic. So 
you know that they've been working on. I mean, they they always for anyone who's never played Diablo or Diablo 2, in Diablo 2 especially, they had cinematics between each act. And they were awesome at the time. Absolutely awesome at the time. So Exactly. Drove that story I forward. That. Yeah. So they were impressive for for what they were at the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it didn't even dawn on me that the Black Soulstone cinematic that we saw at BlizzCon wasn't the opening cinematic of the game. And from what they talked about at BlizzCon, the amount of detail and work that they put into it, um, I'm expecting the, the introductory one tonight to be just fantastic. Blow people's socks off. Oh, speaking of which, 
Um, do Do you follow Zarhim on uh, on Twitter? He's uh, talking congas on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I don't think I I don't think I have. I'll have to start he, doing that. He was talking about how the 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 cinematic that's going to premiere tonight is going to blow all of our minds, and then he had to tweet something where Blizzard, I, I believe, for their holiday party took over California Adventure because, you know, they're in Irvine and, you know, Anaheim's not that far away for them. They probably played that cinematic um, using the World of Color stage um, set because the picture that he picked, posted was of the World of Color, you know, water jets, and the fog was... Um, the What was projected on it was the Blizzard logo. And I was like, oh, man, I've almost really wish that I worked for wow. Blizzard. The, oh, that's yeah, neat. the only reason why I wouldn't want to work for Blizzard is because I wouldn't be able to do this po podcast anymore. But <laughs> True, yeah. It would, it would pretty much end that. Yeah, but, oh man, I'm so jealous. So very jealous. <laughs> but anyways, so um, what, what other really important news shall we cover, Brisha? Well, I just wanted to point out one other thing about Spike TV's Video Game Awards tonight. Mm -hmm. The reason, one of the reasons why they're doing this for Diablo 3 um, cinematic is because they're actually giving their second ever Gamer God Award to Blizzard Entertainment's uh, three founders, Mike Morheim, Alan Adam, and Frank Pierce, mm -hmm. basically for what they've done in the gaming industry. And um, because a lot of things we've seen in real-time strategy and MMOs and in action role-playing games um, from other companies all got their start in some form or borrowed things from the way Blizzard has approached those games. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so definitely yeah. tonight at 8 o'clock is when it starts for the uh, yeah. Spike TV Game Award. Wow, so they're, they're getting awarded the title of Gamer God. How cool is that? Absolutely it's, cool. It's a most and so as a result of accepting it, they're giving the uh, Diablo 3. If it weren't for the fact that they were giving it to Blizzard, and Blizzard is, in my opinion, one of the uh, most... Uh, focused on providing quality for their gamers because they are gamers but um, if it weren't for the fact that they were giving this to Blizzard I, I would almost have this feeling like you know it was it was an award that was generated out of because Blizzard has something to promote you know that's that's just the way that Spike runs their video game awards because mm -hmm. a, a lot of their awards you know are a little hanky so but it's Blizzard so it's well deserved so Congrats, Blizzard. You guys are gaming gods. Anyways. Um, <laughs> back. Yeah, moving on. Moving on <laughs> before, before people accuse us of being in Blizzard's back pocket. <laughs> oh, which we're not. <laughs> no. Not at all. No, there, no, um, no. The uh, Book of Cain was officially announced, and that will be available on Tuesday, December 13th, right? Or it would... Yes, yes, it is Diablo on the 13th. Is that when? I know it's soon. I want one. <laughs> I don't have, like, a pre-order or anything right now. I'm, I'm telling you right now. It looks so very cool. That's going to be my son's birthday present. He's turning one, and I'm going to start him, you know, I'm going to start him off right. <laughs> well, it's got pictures, you know. There yeah. You go. Nice little bedtime story. It, it's just, it's almost kind of, uh, it's almost ironic that, his nickname is Little Deathy, and the Book of Cain is coming out <laughs> on his birthday, his very first birthday. <laughs> oh, wow. happy birthday, Little Deathy! Yeah. So, I 
Just don't let him eat the book, because if he's one, he's probably... Maybe, maybe I should call him Lil' Kane from now on? Okay, Lil' Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Lil' Deckard. Yeah, Lil' Deckard. It'd be funny if his first real words were, Stay a while, and listen. And I, I apologize <laughs> for oh my, my awful Deckard Kane impression, because I suck terribly at doing impressions. But, uh... <laughs> It's basically the Sean Connery voice that you hear in every yeah. movie that Sean Connery's ever done. It's kind of like yeah. that, you know. And I mean, you know, everybody heard it at the beginning of our show, too. But, um, yeah, this book looks awesome. I was looking at the video, which we'll, I'll put into the show notes so everyone can check it out. But, yeah, I guess the artwork on the front just has this, like, um, this Geiger-esque sort of, you know, creature-type thing on the front. And I guess the front is raised too. It's got like a texture to it. And then the pages are all like, they, they look old and the edges are all like sort of cut so that, you know, it doesn't look like, um, you know, a textbook or something. It really looks like something you could picture Kane walking around with and writing yeah. and putting together. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that book. Might even be similar to the book that um, Leah is looking at in the uh, cinematic for Black Soulstone. Yeah, I was thinking that, yeah. That. Yeah. I want to go back and look at that video now and be like, okay, have I seen the artwork in the video that she's looking at in the book? I wonder, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How tied together are they? Yeah, it looks it looks awesome, and I want one of these. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> and it should be a really great introduction for a lot of people who haven't seen Diablo 3 or don't know enough about the uh, Diablo lore to kind of give them a, a little wedding of what they're going to see and what they're going to experience in the game without giving too much of the game um, story away. And I think also it's sort of like, you know, as we've said before, a lot of the lore of Diablo, well, first, it, there wasn't that much in Diablo 1. Some of it was in Diablo 2. The books got written sort of in between. There's There was all these like little loose ends and things that kind of overlapped and maybe didn't fit. So this Book of Cain could be like the new like canon so to speak oh it is you know it could be the way to go so um yeah you know i think if you really want to know about the lore of the game that this book was is going to be the one that's going to very much set the tone for diablo 3 the previous books obviously they you know, they weren't about the diablo 3 diablo 3 hadn't existed yet but um this book of cain if you if you read nothing else this book here is going to be the one that really puts together the lore for you but you should still go and read the other ones because they're very good I think this episode will probably drop right before this book comes out and if you order it through Amazon right now you can actually save a pretty substantial amount of money it's, it's like 35% off if you pre-order it so it's like 22.84 right now so that's a great deal yeah it's regularly $35 so yeah I might actually have to order this right after we do the show because mm -hmm. <laughs> I <laughs> I might be doing the same. I'll have to see if I have enough money yeah, for that. Cause, right uh, it, yeah, because that might be my Christmas present to my... No, wait, no, no, no. It's Lil Deckard's birthday present. That's right, yeah. There we go. That's, that's how I will spin it to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Aw. It's sad you have to spin it. Oh, <laughs> oh it's a great bedtime story. Yeah. Yeah, the bedtime story. It's got pictures, you know. Hey, and it, yeah, it'll serve as you know. But I, I can just imagine it now. I'll read it to my my older daughter, who's six. I'll read it to her, and then on her um her reading log for her homework assignments, be like, 
uh, the Book of Cain, and then <laughs> her teacher might call me up and say, what is the Book of Cain? I'll be like, oh, you know. It's a religious yeah, text. Yeah, it's about Cain really. and Abel, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> or you might get lucky like my son did in his uh, fourth grade class, let him read a uh, StarCraft novel for a book report. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But anyways, uh, what... What what else? Um, in the Diablo news front, shall we cover? There was a there was a small beta build update. They're up to what beta build seven now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of briefly um, glanced over some of the the notes. There wasn't really a whole lot in there. It just seemed like some more tweaking and stuff that they were doing. So we're probably gonna get a lot of that as we get closer. You know, fix this a little, fix that a little. Nothing too major, which is good because as long as they're not making you know sweeping massive changes that means the game might actually come out you know early next year <laughs> mm-hmm. so let, nice. yeah so let's hope that the that the the um, patch notes stay small well i think some of the things that we have seen recently from them kind of give me that impression that they've built the house they're just putting the final touches in it before people can move in mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, it's like they're sticking up the drywall now or putting in the, pl- the last-minute plumbing to just to make sure that the house is livable. And because that's, the game's done... That's a really done, nice analogy. That is so cool. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, because a couple of things that we um, I put up about uh, Diablo Blue Notes for this episode is just, you know, that's pretty much what they're doing. Like, they blizzarded recently on their Battle.net account site, both in the United States and in Europe, have included what they call... The Diablo 3 game guide, which anybody can go in to battle.net, take a look at Diablo 3, and it basically is a guide to all things that you want to know in the game. They've already had things on, like, items in the game, and uh, you know, some of the, the character, um, sorry, the hero abilities, but now they've just recently uh, updated their artisans, mm-hmm. and so you might want to go and take a look at it. It'll tell you um, a lot of great information about the blacksmith, the jeweler, and the mystic, and how they basically travel with you and uh, give you in-game professions to tweak your items. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I like their quote about artisans uh, on the Battle.net site. And it says, Battles are not won with empty hands. These matchless craftsmen will build and empower the arsenal you'll use to destroy the servants of the Burning Hells. Yep. And they look ready for battle, too, these guys in this image, you know? Oh. They're ready to go. Absolutely. Yeah. When I logged into this earlier to check it out from the show notes, it did have a little window pop up that asked, you know, for your birthday, so they know how old mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. So, if you so if you don't log into Battle.net first, you may encounter that. Um, are they, like, keeping this 18 and older? Is that the purpose of that little window? Maybe not. Well, 18, well big... I think they're trying to keep it over PG-13, at least. Okay. Yeah, well, I, have, I actually have a feeling that um, Diablo 3 will will receive a mature rating from the ESRB just because of the uh, the depictions of, of gore alone will push it to the mature rating. And going back, I know not too far, but uh, what Steve was talking about, ethical choices... I think, you know, with the the fact that Jen just mentioned the, the mature filter, um, they're putting, letting you know, I think we're going to see 
at least my expectation with Diablo 3 is before the time you're done with it, you're going to see an awful lot of things that will make a, make several people go, kind of squirm in their chair as they're playing it. Mm-hmm. You know, whether, whether choices made by the character or choices in the game itself, um, I, I think it's definitely going to earn that mature title if it has it. Yeah. I expect them to do that with Diablo. Yeah, the Diablo universe is very unsettling, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's that's kind of the point, I think, you know. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it is unsettling, it's got a lot of aspects where you're just like, ew, really? You know, that kind of thing. But it's also not one of those games that's completely clear-cut, you know, like, this is absolutely the choice you should be making, or this person is 100% evil or 100% good, or, you know, that kind of thing. There's a lot of gray area in there, and it's that sort of unsureness that makes a lot of... Well, you know, people squirm, as you said. So, we there's the Blizzard announced the uh, Battle.net balance, which is their um, wallet thing for for keeping your real money auction house currency if you want to keep it in your Blizzard Battle.net balance. But um, Medros um, sent us a link to. Uh, I forget the name of the website, but I don't really want to go into this because I'll hop up on, on my soapbox and probably preach for about 30 minutes. But mm-hmm. needless to say, people, if you're if you are a little iffy about Blizzard, you know, taking a cut from the real money auction house, you know, what what, what do you expect? You know, that Diablo 3 is not going to have a monthly subscription, <laughs> so they want to monetize the game when they can. But they're they're being, you know, God. I don't really want to go into it because I I will go on a tirade for about thirty minutes. So yeah. To summarize, it's an article where somebody sort of tried to piece out all of the little amounts of money that they felt would be taken out of what I guess the player could potentially receive uh, from a sale in the real money auction house, and they're they're very biased. I mean, I'm not saying articles that are biased are always bad, but this is a biased article. Um, it's very, it's got, the writer has a definite opinion, and um, you can see it oh, as you read it. it. Since, since we're talking about it so I, much, we're going to have think... to include the link in the show notes now. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll totally put the link in there, but um, one of the things in there that the author of the article included was the cut that he felt PayPal would be taking mm-hmm. from it. Which I kind of thought was okay. That's a separate yeah. thing, you know. If you want to, if you want to yell about the other ones, okay. But this inclusion of the PayPal thing kind of doesn't fit with the rest of the argument because it's got nothing yeah. to do with Blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. Ne- needless to say, the article that we will be including in the show notes—it's a piece of sensational journalism. It's, yeah. it's it's very biased. It is a biased piece of of writing and. You know, I'm a writer, and I've written some biased pieces as well, but um, it's not necessarily bad. It's worth a read, but just be aware that this is this is a biased article. It has yeah. a definite slant. Yeah, I have not read it I, at all, so it'll be new for me, but I'm looking at it going, Blizzard is offering a service, and any business offers a service, you pay for it mm-hmm. if you want that service. If you do not want that service, you don't pay for it, you don't be part of it. Yeah. It's that simple. Um Things do not have to be given out for free. Yeah. Uh, if they don't want to do this service, don't do it. And same thing with PayPal. They're taking their cut because they're providing a service of theirs. 
whether you PayPal like it or not. PayPal doesn't take that much. I mean, in my experience, like I have a couple of uh, writing gigs that pay through PayPal, and they've never really taken that much from it. And honestly, I'm not, you know, as the article said something about, oh, if you if you make a whole bunch of money through PayPal, you put a whole bunch in at once, and PayPal takes a smaller portion than if you put a little bit in. I don't know that it's 100% true with everything, because I've had some gigs where it takes like a small portion and some where it doesn't take anything at all. So, I mean, I think there's some speculation there with that, but I forgot where I was going with this. It's early, <laughs> like I said, but you know I think it varies with PayPal. Yeah, needless to say, this. God, I really wish I didn't bring this up because now we're talking about this article way too much. But, um, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's an interesting read. Um, I think nothing has been finalized. If you were a all, person all, who nothing all been those finalized, values it's that, true, that, but I th- that that image. Oh God, whoever did that. For, yeah, I don't know where he got the values or the math from. I'm not really good at math at all. Anyone that knows me is well aware of this, but um, I don't know. But I think if you thought that you were going to jump in and do the real money auction house and become a millionaire, that this is, you know, kind of saying, well, no. maybe not, no. you know? And I, I don't think too many people truly believe that they could quit their day jobs and play the auction house. A few so. people might be able to do it because they are really good at playing the auction house, you know, like Brazia, but, uh, but... but Maybe, yeah. But it's, it's going to be hard to, you know, earn a living off of Diablo 3. Essentially, you know, it's it's a game, you know? It's a game. It's not there for you to go and, you know, quit your day job and constantly farm stuff and do the auction house and that kind of thing. Yeah, and the, those folks who will be making a living off of Diablo 3 will be the ones who are... You know, telling people how to make a living off of Diablo 3. And those people who try to make a living off of Diablo 3 won't be because they will be, you know, paying somebody who will be telling them how to do it, but it won't actually work for them. Anyways, yeah. Okay. It's like that with a lot of things, though, that have to do with making yeah. money online. Cause, like, I, you know, like I said, I do freelance. I make my money online. And there's a lot of stuff out there that'll tell you, here's a guide to become a freelance writer yeah. and, you know, just buy this simple thing. And that person's making money selling that simple piece of information, but it doesn't mean the information is necessarily going to pan out for everyone. So with that, before we continue to go on for, <laughs> you know, <laughs> ad nauseum on this, um, let, let me close out the show because... Yeah, I, I'm I'm done talking about it <laughs> about that subject in particular. So, thank you everyone for listening to episode four of the Shattered Soulstone podcast, which is a Dawnforge production. And we would like to thank Medipop for hosting our show. You can. <laughs> oh, we're gonna hear about that. <laughs> I hope so. He's a paladin. But um, uh-huh. um, you can read the show blog or li- actually, you know what? I just thought about that. He's probably pretty disappointed. There's no paladin in Diablo three, but. Uh, Anyways, I'm sorry. Um, you can read the show blog or listen to the show archives at ShatteredSoulStone.com. Uh, we are all on Twitter. You can find the show account at ShatteredStone. I'm Nevik James. Brasia is Brasia Priest. And Jen is Queen of Haiku. We are on Facebook and Google, and you can easily find us on those two services just by looking for us or, you know, searching for us. And we cannot do the show without you, the listener. Send in your contributions, questions, and feedback to show at Saturn. Oh my goodness, let me trip over our email. Show at ShatteredSoulStone.com. And you make sure you want, you do that because we do have that contest. Send in your send in your stories, whatever about Diablo. Yeah, you can't win the contest. Yeah, you still have a little over a week to enter. So until next time, for me, 
for Jen and for Brasia, you will... You know what? I don't like this closing line. I, we're we're going to have to do a contest in the future about that. But anyways, you will find us traveling into the east. Always the east. Fresh move. This has been a Dawn Forge production, copyright 2011. Find great podcasts and more at thedawnforge.com.